This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching today. I want to encourage you to continue to watch today as we discuss the subject, The Empty Tomb. I hope you'll stay tuned. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. Thousands of people all over the United States and in various parts of the world are studying this Bible course. We want you to have it. You say, well, Brother Lambert, now really, what does the course cost? Absolutely nothing. We want to send it to you free of charge. You're not going to be asked for a check or for a credit card, and we're not going to send you a bill. It is free. So we, we want you to stay tuned as we pause for just a moment so you can learn more about the free Bible course and how you can receive it. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence Course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5211. I'm reading now from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, the first four verses. Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, but which also you're saved if you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day according to the Scriptures. People throughout the ages have had some anticipation, some belief in life to come. All people, regardless of who they are or where they are, have had some concept of a future life. Whether they were rich or poor, educated or uneducated, they have had some concept, some belief, some longing for life to come. Well, well the Indian called it the happy hunting ground. And for that reason, he would have his bow and his arrows buried with him when he died. But despite the distorted view of the future life that he may have had, it does not nullify the claim that there is a future life. There's a question in the Old Testament that, that people have asked for centuries. If a man dies... Will he live again? 
If a man dies, will he live again? Now, how do you suppose that we're going to answer that question? And who can answer that question for us? Is it Confucius that can answer that question? Is it Mohammed that can answer that question? Just who can answer the question, if a man dies, will he live again? And it is Jesus Christ who has answered that question for time and eternity. In John the 11th chapter and verse 25, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. The answer to the question posed in Job chapter 14 is answered by Jesus that he is the resurrection and he is the life. Friends, the Bible teaches there will be a resurrection of the dead. But for example, in John the 5th chapter, verses 28 and 29, Jesus said, The hour is coming in, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and shall come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. Jesus said, one day the dead are going to be raised. And God Almighty has the power to raise the dead. Any individual who goes home to heaven beyond the grave will go there because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead and because that person accepts the doctrine of the resurrection gospel. And make no mistake about it. God can raise the dead. He's done it in the past. In 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, there's the raising of the Shunammite's child. In John, the eleventh chapter, there's the resurrection of Lazarus. In Acts, the ninth chapter, there is the resurrection of Dorcas. In Acts, the twentieth chapter, there's the resurrection of Eutychus. He's done it in time past. And almost 2,000 years ago, He sent His Son into this world who lived a life of poverty and rejection among men. And He was taken by wicked hands, crucified and slain. And His body was taken down from the old rugged cross. It was placed in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, Jesus Christ came forth from that grave, raised from the dead by God's power. In your Bible, in Ephesians 1.19, the Bible reads like this, According to the working of His mighty power, which He wrought in Christ, when He raised Him from the dead. It was early on Sunday morning that some came to the tomb of Jesus. And in Luke 24 and 3 we read, And they entered in, 
and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And no one ever found his body because he had been raised from the dead by the power of God. And there were those standing there who said, according to Matthew 28 and 6, he's not here. He is risen. He had been raised from the dead by his father. And the scriptures attest to Jesus' resurrection. For example, in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms in chapter 16 and verse 10, David said, Thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. It was on the day of Pentecost that the apostle Peter was preaching about Jesus' resurrection. In Acts chapter 2 and verse 24, he said, Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. And then in the 25th verse, he appealed to David, one of their prophets, about Jesus' resurrection. And in verse 31, Peter gives a commentary on the statement made in Psalms chapter 16 and verse 10. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither did his flesh see corruption. And then in Matthew the 12th chapter and verse 40, Jesus said, For as Jonas was three days and three nights in the whale's belly, even so must the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. In the 16th chapter of Matthew and verse 21, Jesus said to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hand of the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and raised again the third day. The apostle Paul was in Athens at Mars Hill, preaching about the one true God. And in Acts 17, verses 30 and 31, he said, The times of this ignorance God winked at. But now commandeth all men everywhere to repent, because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. When God raised Jesus from the dead, it was to let men know for all time to come, there's no doubt about the judgment. Then in Romans, the first chapter in verse 4, Paul wrote, declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. In Romans, the fourth chapter in verse 25, he was wounded for our offenses. He was raised again for our justification. In Romans the 6th chapter, verses 3 and 4, Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into His death? Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Then in Romans the 10th chapter and verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, 
you shall be saved. And so the scriptures over and over and over again attest to the fact that the Lord Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. Now I'm aware of the fact that down through the years there have been those who've tried to disprove the resurrection of Jesus. They've tried to show that Jesus was a fake, a fraud, a liar. They've tried to discredit His resurrection. And many years ago, there were a number of theories that men hatched up trying to disprove His resurrection. I'm not sure they hold to some of these theories anymore. They're so ridiculous. One such theory was called the swoon theory. And according to the proponents of the swoon theory, Jesus did not actually die on that cross, but He merely fainted or swooned. And then when they placed Jesus in that damp tomb, He revived, and then He came out of the tomb. Now, first of all, I would like to know how a person in such a weak physical condition as our Lord no doubt would have been, have the physical stamina, the physical strength to roll that stone or move that stone away from the mouth of that tomb. Do you stop and think about what Jesus went through in the judgment hall? He was beaten and lacerated until his back looked like an ocean of blood. He was made to carry his own cross to Golgotha, and he fell beneath the weight of that cross. He had nails driven in his hands and in his feet. And while he was suspended upon that cross, a soldier pierced his side and out came blood mingled with water. If he just fainted on that cross, how could a person that had endured all of those things have the strength to move that stone? Furthermore, how could they have overcome those soldiers that were stationed just outside? There's a very simple answer. He died on that cross and he was raised from the dead by his father. Some think that Jesus' body was stolen from that tomb. They think the enemies of Jesus stole it. First of all, why would they put their lives in jeopardy by taking a, a body out of a grave? There was a death penalty connected with doing such. Furthermore, they had Jesus where they wanted him. They wanted him in the grave. And if they stole that body, why on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when Peter began to preach the resurrection of Jesus Christ, why did they not present that body? Why they'd produce that body and prove for all time that Jesus was a fraud? They didn't have the body. Some think Jesus' friend stole the body, you know. But his friends weren't expecting him to be raised from the dead. But they didn't have a motive for taking it. Furthermore, why would men who would shrink away from Christ in view of the cross and in the shadow of the cross when Jesus was still alive, why would they put their lives on the line for somebody that was dead? That just doesn't make any sense. Furthermore, there are those who think that people just had hallucinations. They just thought they saw Jesus alive after the, after the death on the cross. They hallucinated. Well, I suppose it's possible for one or two people to imagine they see the same thing. 
But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul said that after his death on that cross and after his resurrection, Jesus was seen of over 500 people at the same time. And then he said, and last of all, he was seen of me. There, are just too many, there were too many eyewitnesses for us to think that these people were having some kind of a hallucination or some kind of a vision. Oh, there have always been people that have tried to discredit. The fact is he died on that cross and he was raised from the dead. And Jesus' resurrection is the keystone of Christianity. Go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and beginning in verse number 12. Let, listen to what Paul says about Jesus' resurrection. Now if Christ is preached that he has been raised from the dead... How say some among you there is no resurrection of the dead? Now that's a question they had to confront. Evidently there were those that were saying there was no resurrection of the dead. As a matter of fact, they were saying that. But Paul says, now if we're preaching Jesus' resurrection, why are some of you saying there's no resurrection? And verse 13, if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. That's just logic. They were saying there's no resurrection. Well, we're preaching that Jesus has been raised from the dead, but if there's no such thing as a resurrection of the dead, then Jesus has not risen. And then verse 14, And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty, and your faith is also empty. While well, we're just beating the air, when we preach, if Jesus Christ has not been raised from the dead, and then in verse 15, yes, and we're found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ, whom He did not raise up if in fact the dead do not rise. Why, well, He said we've been telling people that Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. We've testified to that fact, which in fact, if there's no such thing as a resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not been raised and we're false witnesses. And then in verse 16 he says, And if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. This is logic 101 that Paul is using on these Corinthians. And then in verse 17 he said, And if Christ is not risen, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. That's the, that's the consequence if Jesus has not been raised. And then in verse 18 he goes on. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Jesus have perished. That is, if there's no such thing as a resurrection, those who've fallen asleep in Christ, those who've died in the Lord are perished. And in verse 19, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. In other words, if there's no such thing as a resurrection of the dead, Christ has not been raised from the dead. If Christ has not been raised from the dead, our preaching is vain, our faith is vain, we're still in our sins. We're of all men most pitiable. But I want you to notice very, very carefully verse 20. But now Christ is risen from the dead. How do you suppose those people felt when they read that from the Apostle Paul? Here were people who were saying there's no such thing as a resurrection. And Paul very convincingly using logic shows that there's such a thing 
as a resurrection from the dead. Christ is risen from the dead and become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. The entire fabric of Christianity is woven around the empty tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've often thought that when a person really believes in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I mean when they really believe it, that it's not difficult for that person to believe Jesus is everything that he claimed to be, the Son of God. That when a person believes in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, they accept Jesus' authority. That they believe in the miracles that Jesus performed. That they believe that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus was buried, that Jesus was raised from the dead. If they really believe that, they believe everything the Bible says about Jesus. And the resurrection of Jesus Christ is one of the best attested incidents happenings in all of history. And so this is the keystone of Christianity. And so Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Therefore we one day will be risen, raised from the dead by God Almighty. Somebody says, well, Brother Lambert, I don't know why you're talking about this. Brother Lamb, we live in the 21st century. Why should we be concerned about something that happened nearly 2,000 years ago? Why, why should we concern ourselves about Jesus' resurrection? Well, I think there are a lot of reasons we should. One, one reason that, that, that I'm concerned about it is because the resurrection of Jesus shows that death is not the champion of life. Frequently we're called out to the cemetery to stand by an open grave and, and after saying a few words, we, we deposit the body of someone that we love back into Mother Earth to await the, the end of time, the resurrection of the dead. And from that vantage point, it, it looks almost like death has been the champion of life, but it's, death is not the victor. Because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of God, I know that God has the power to raise me from the dead. And so I can say with the Apostle Paul, thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And because of Jesus' resurrection, I know He's the one I can trust with my soul. There are lots of people, men and women, whom I love and trust, but I don't trust them like I trust Jesus. Jesus lived, Jesus died, and Jesus was raised from the dead that I might live. He is the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I trust Jesus with my soul. He's the only one. And yet in the religious world, people will listen to almost anyone and everything except what the Lord Jesus Christ says they need to do to be saved. And I, I, I think we ought to be concerned about the, the resurrection of Jesus because it's the goodness of God to get men to live right. In the 16th chapter of Luke, there's a story about a rich man who died and he lost his soul. And eventually he wanted Lazarus to be sent back to his father's house. He said if someone went back to them from the dead, they would repent. He believed that someone raised from the dead, his brothers would get right with God. 
My friends, you and I have the resurrected one. We have the Lord Jesus Christ who was raised from the dead to get us to believe in Him and to get us to repent of our sins, to confess our faith in Him and to be baptized and, and to live the faithful, dedicated Christian life. We ought to be concerned about the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. J just suppose Jesus was standing right here talking to you right now. And suppose He were to deliver the message He delivered after His resurrection. Do you know what He would say? Well, a part of that message according to Matthew's gospel goes like this. Matthew 28, 18, beginning, All power hath been given unto me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. And then a part of that message according to Mark's gospel is, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now if we honor that message, there are two or three things we need to consider. First of all, we need to consider that God's people ought to be evangelistic. Go preach the gospel. Secondly, if we honor that message, we must teach men to believe on Jesus Christ, and as penitent confessing believers, be baptized into Him. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. We need to honor the resurrection message of the Lord Jesus Christ. A young lady knocked on the door the other day at my office, and she needed some help. She needed some gasoline money. And I gave her a, a, some money, and and I began to ask her about where she uh, went to church, and she told me. And, and she said, but they just kept trying to get me in the baptistry. They just wanted baptism. Come on, get in the water. Come on, get in the water. I said, give me that $20 bill. I said, Jesus said, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. I said, if it said he that believeth is baptized shall get a $20 bill, what would you have to do to get the $20 bill? She said, I'd have to believe I'd have to be baptized. I handed the money back to her and I said, don't you ever forget it. That's Jesus' resurrection message. And we need to honor it. God raised Jesus from the dead to let us know for all time to come He was His Son, Romans 1.4. He raised Him for our justification, Romans 4.25. But He raised Him from the dead, according to Acts 17.31, to let all people know for all time to come there's going to be a judgment. And Jesus Christ lived and He died. And He gave us the gospel that we might be saved. Would you obey it today? I want to thank you for watching today and until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 
Summerdale, Alabama, 36580 or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.